If you or someone close to you has ever worked in radio, you know that some pretty wild stuff happens behind the scenes. Welcome to Crazy Radio Stories. WAF was a legacy 50-year rock station in Massachusetts, in the Worcester, Boston area. When I started on the air in 1998, I had no professional radio training at all. But I had been at WAF for about seven and a half years as an intern and then on the street team for almost four years. And it just happened when Opie and Anthony, anybody that knows anything about radio, when Opie and Anthony got fired and they got sent to New York before they got fired there, they got fired from WAF. And I had submitted my demo to be their producer. But then when they got fired, I got hired as a full-time DJ. I had done about eight part-time shows and I was on the air at night. And back then, Safe Harbor was a thing. Once 10 o'clock hit. Yeah, once 10 o'clock hit. But even the, the first three hours of the night shift from 7 to 10, it was no holds barred. And I'm a 25-year-old purple-haired roadie that they gave a microphone to at one of the biggest, most taste-making radio stations in rock in the country. Now, this is probably fall of 98. I started on the air in April and still at this point didn't know if this was going to stick. I wasn't under contract. They were just giving me a chance. Mm -hmm. So I had also started hosting WAF's Real Rock TV, which was a TV station that we had on Saturday nights, which is kind of like what a radio station's YouTube channel is now. But we had it on broadcast TV at midnight on Saturday nights. And through the producer, Ian Barrett, I had been introduced to this local band named Stockland. And the girl they got on the cover of their album was a porn star named Alicia Class. <laughs> and through phone interviews, Alicia had become a Friday night feature on my show. Okay. And so every Friday night around 9, 10 o'clock at night, Alicia would call to tell me about her week of work. And the audience loved it. And Alicia was beautiful. And she didn't give a fuck. Okay. This girl, I am impressed to this day with her candor. <laughs> so after she had been on the air with me for months, some strip clubs had reached out about possibly doing a bunch of promotions if we could get her to come out from California. Mm -hmm. So we worked out a whole thing where she was going to come out. She was going to land at Logan Airport in Boston on a Friday afternoon. I was going to pick her up, take her straight to the studio. We were going to do the show live on Friday night. And then Saturday, we were going to do signings and appearances at adult bookstores and video places and then at a strip club. And, and she was going to get paid appearance fees for the whole weekend. And I was going to get paid. Station got paid. Everybody was happy. Okay. So there was a lot of planning into this weekend. So I pick Alicia up. Now, at this point, I'm still doing between three and five air checks a week with my PD. Every day at five o'clock, I had an air check because I was this experiment. They just put this crazy girl on the air at night to see what would happen. Mm -hmm. I got out of my air check so I could go to Logan to pick up Alicia and I bring her straight to the radio station at like 530 on a Friday. And one of our sales guys was this guy that just had all this swagger and he goes up and tries to like voir dire the freaking porn star. <laughs> this is when I know I was in trouble. She's got a mini skirt on. She goes over. She looks at him. She kisses him on the cheek, bends over in front of him in the middle of the sales floor, hikes up her mini skirt, no panties, and puts her finger 
in her butthole <laughs> and says, if you can get it up, I'll let you fuck me right here, right now. In the middle of the sales floor. Oh. And of course, he's just standing there going, what? Obviously, it didn't happen. Because guys, sorry, but you get put in that kind of position with an audience. Good luck to you. So I had had like three interns a night because this is in the early stages of the Internet. Mm -hmm. So I had all these young guy interns and there were always bands coming in and showing up with their tour buses, rolling kegs down the hallway. It was crazy. So we had all this food and all this booze and everything set up for Alicia to co-host my show with me. And we had been promoting it for weeks. Yeah. So one of the things we did was we got two sets of vibrating remote controlled underwear. Yep. Her and I wore them throughout the show and gave the remotes to the interns. So that was mistake number one. (laughs) Mistake number two is that we had set up an observation room in the production studio next to the on-air studio because I didn't want a bunch of guys like in the studio making all kinds of noise while we were on the air. Right. So there was coolers of booze and food. And there was at any point in this night, 20 people in the production studio. So Alicia and I are now on the air and we're in the studio and I've got a Polaroid camera because that's where we're at in technology at this point in 1998, right? Yep. So listeners start calling and this girl calls and she's probably 19, 20 years old and she's a huge fan of Alicia. And she's like, can I please come to the studio? And Alicia without even, because we're taking live calls and Alicia's like, yeah, come to the studio. So I'm like, here we go. Oh boy. So this girl comes and we're trying to use a fake name for her. So we do that whole, what's your porn star name, your first pet and the street you grew up on. Right. So she couldn't remember the street that she grew up on because she had moved when she was like two and her first pet was a cricket. So we named this girl Cricket Street. I'll never forget it. (laughs) And Cricket is hot. She's 20. She's gorgeous. She's got this one piece spandex tank top mini dress on with fishnets and heels. I mean, she came to impress Alicia. So the two of them are sitting there. We're all on the air. There's a room full of horny guys in the other room in the soundproof production studio. Next thing you know, Cricket and Alicia start making out. (laughs) Next thing you know, Alicia picks up Cricket and puts her on the counter in the studio. Oh, no. And we're still live. And she starts ripping her nylons off. (sighs) And now I am Howard co-selling Monday Night Football of the porn star fucking the listener live on the radio on the counter in the studio and all the guys in the production studio, the interns, the sales guys, the engineers are pounding on the soundproof glass. (gasps) And I'm trying to describe what's going on and I'm running around placing microphones for maximum sound effects, okay? And taking Polaroids. So I can't believe this is happening. I'm like, this is out of control. So needless to say, I think I'm going to get fired at this point. It's like 11 o'clock at night. The hotline rings. It's my general manager. And I'm like, okay, I've been on the air for like seven months. I definitely pushed it too hard because they really didn't tell me not to do anything. Mm -hmm. So I picked up the phone and I'm like, hey, uh, um, how are you doing? And really thinking I'm just going to get pulled off the air and told never to come back. And he's like, hey, I just um, wanted to call and say hi to your friend. Oh, my GM called to say hi to the porn star. Okay, so we get off the air. Cricket's got a new best friend. The studio is a mess. It's crazy. That whole weekend, I'm going from adult store to strip club with Alicia doing paid appearances 
And one of my college friends got married and I took her as the date to the wedding. We showed up in a white limousine. My friend goes, who do you think you are, Vince Neal? (laughs) And she wore this like Chanel suit. You would have never known what she did for a living. Because like I said, she was naturally beautiful and dressed to impress. Except the bride's uncle recognized her and came up and got her autograph on a cocktail napkin at the wedding reception at one of the most expensive hotels in Boston. (laughs) So cut to Monday. Alicia's gone. I come in for my five o'clock air check on Monday. I'm sitting in my PD's office. Now the studio is soaked with booze. There's food everywhere. God only knows what was still on the counters in the on-air studio. I mean, that night of broadcasting was legendary. I'm leaving out stuff that I don't even want on your podcast that happened in that room that night. It was crazy. And here is the best radio advice I ever got from a program director ever. I'm sitting in his office at five o'clock Monday afternoon for my air check before my show at seven. He closes the door. He sits down behind the desk, leans back for a second, contemplating how he's going to word this. Then he leans forward, elbows on the desk, and he looks at me and he says, the next time you have a porn star fucking listeners live on the air, drop the songs, not the spots. This has been another crazy radio story. If you want to hear more, follow the podcast wherever you're listening right now. The best way for us to grow the show is for you to share it with somebody else who'll enjoy it. If you have your own crazy radio story to share, send us an email, crazyradiostories at gmail.com. That's crazyradiostories at gmail.com.